0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, family. It's your girl, Kate, here. And wow, what an amazing journey it's been these last five weeks of diving into some of the more intricate areas of rejection and heartbreak. Now, we are actually finished today with our rejection series, and we are going to go back into regular programming with today's episode. And I'm so pumped because we have a ton of new and fun episodes and themes and topics and guests coming your way. But before today, in the wake of the series we just came out of, I want to let you know that we have an amazing free resource for you. If you feel super ready to date this moment and want to put yourself out there, then I want to encourage you to go ahead and download our free resource about how to show interest. You can grab that for free by going to heartofdating.com forward slash show interest. Another quick announcement I want to let you all know about is that did you know that I actually offer one-on-one relationship coaching? Yep, you guys, doing this podcast is so much fun and I hope it encourages you deeply, but I also am aware that every person's dating history and even personal life background is so different, which means that not one set of dating advice or encouragement can apply to every person. So that is why it's my honor and joy to walk alongside of you guys in your journey to help create vision for your life in relationships as it comes to God, yourself, and in dating. Now, one of my amazing coaching clients, Heather, said this, After months of listening to Kate talk about Christian dating, I heard about her one-on-one date coaching sessions. I am so glad I took the leap and invested in the individual sessions. It was like talking with a friend who could give me some great advice from an objective Christian perspective. Kate provided me with different ways to approach dating and words and techniques that had me rethinking my own experiences with guys in a new light. I joined the dating scene with success and took it all one date at a time while having more fun with the process than I'd had in a long time. If you're stuck in the same exhausting cycle and just need to shift your perspective, I would highly recommend Sessions with Kate. Investing in yourself to make positive changes is so worth it. Needless to say, friends, if you want to find out what it means to work with me one-on-one, I encourage you to sign up for a free 15-minute consultation. Now, these consultations are really only for those who are truly interested in doing coaching with me. So if you're ready to do that, you can go ahead and sign up for a free 15-minute session by going to heartofdating.com forward slash coaching. Okay, friends, so now for the episode today, I'd love to introduce you to my new and amazing friend, Mandy Hale. Mandy is a blogger turned New York Times best-selling author and speaker. She is also the creator of the social media movement, The Single Woman. With a heart to inspire single women to live their best lives and to never ever settle, Mandy cuts to the heart of the matter with her inspirational straight talking wit and often wildly humorous take on life and love. Mandy's messages reach literally millions of women across the world through her blog, books, and social media platforms. Some of her amazing books include The Single Woman, Life, Love, and A Dash of Sass, I've Never Been to Vegas, But My Luggage Has, and You Are Enough, Heartbreak Healing and Becoming Whole. Y'all today, Mandy and I have a real and a raw conversation about how to be single and thrive in your life. Mandy is so incredibly honest about the struggle in dating, which she knows well as a single woman who is in her early 40s. But at the same time, she is also so encouraging about how to embrace your life and truly thrive in the season. So y'all are going to simply love this conversation. Without further ado, let's get into it. Mandy Hale, girl, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, girl. Well, I'm so glad we got connected. I just feel like we're kindred spirits, soul sisters from afar, and it was just our journeys were meant to cross at some point. <laughs> so I'm yes, so excited. I
1: absolutely agree. Yeah. For
0: sure. So for people who aren't aware of all the amazing things that you're doing, would you just share with us who you are, what you're all about, what you do so people can get acquainted with you?
1: Sure, I am um, an author. I've written four books. Um, Actually, we'll have be starting on my fifth book here in the next month or so. And I am also the creator of a little movement called the Single Woman. It is um, a blog and uh, an online um, social media platform where I speak really about life in general, but particularly positivity and hope and humor and inspiration about singleness. I've been doing that for, gosh, almost a decade now. Oh, wow,
0: girl. That's incredible. Yeah, I've read multiple of your books, too. They're so encouraging. So I can't wait to see what you're pumping out next with your fifth book. I know it's going to be just as incredible. I think it's so wonderful that you have stepped up in this space at, you know, doing The Single Woman because I – so many people can relate to your journey and what's like – all the things Things you've been through and I love that you've turned that into like hey actually Here's my encouragement. And let's laugh a little bit and be encouraged and empowered through this. And like learning that singleness actually can be an awesome place in your life, <laughs> which for some of us, like me too, it like really took a while for me to figure that out. <laughs> but, oh yeah. uh, but okay, so can you just like let's start off the combo by talking about what has been the best part of being single? I know you're you just turned 40 or you're 40 now, right? Mm-hmm. So, what was like yeah. the best part of being single in your 30s? Cause I a lot of people that come to me are like oh this sucks that i'm in my 30s and single so what was like the best part of that
1: i would say definitely getting to i mean it sounds cliche but getting to find myself getting mm-hmm. to kind of figure out who i am and what i'm about and to have you know all these fun adventures with my girlfriends and to not um i guess to not be restricted in any way you know i was able to kind of live life on my terms and what was really cool is, I mean, for me, my 30s changed my entire life. That was when I transitioned from working in public relations for almost a decade to becoming a full-time writer. And I honestly don't know if I had been focused on, you know, marriage and family and all that jazz, if I would have been able to really have this the ability to pursue mm. my career and my writing in the way that I have. And I'm I'm so thankful for that because I feel like particularly I, I did just turn 40 in November and I feel like the last two years of my 30s were really, I mean, truly the most life-defining years of my life. Mm. And I feel like I've made the mistakes, I've done all the dumb things, you know, <laughs> I've dated all the the wrong men. And I feel like now <laughs> I'm finally at a place where I can enter into a relationship as the woman that I feel like, you know, I was always meant to become instead of trying to, to do that during the transitional time of my life. So I really think 20s and 30s are so important to yeah. not just be, you know, so fired up about, oh, I have to be married. I have to find someone. I think make it more about finding yourself. And yeah. then I think everything else is going to come.
0: That's so good because what you see often, especially, and I love that you're saying that as an empowered 40-year-old woman because I see a lot of women specifically shift after the age of 30. It's like something after 30 shifts in their mind and they're like, my ovaries or, oh, I want to be a mom and like all these concerns and worries start coming up. And I see it like clockwork. After 30, it's like... panic attack. You know, it's like, I've been a career woman, or I've been like, the 20s were good. But like, now I want to find a husband. And it's it they put all this pressure on themselves, um, basically that it needs to happen. But inadvertently, what happens too is like, you end up feeling much more lonely and more sad about where you are in your life. And then on the flip side, it also, you bring that energy when you meet a guy. (laughs) So like you go on a date with a guy and he can kind of feel your desperation in a way.
1: Like, sure. I mean, that's definitely something that I feel like when you're in, and I've been in that frantic mindset. I've been there. I mean, I was there just a a year ago. I went on, I think I've shared with you at another time when we were talking, I went on sort of this frantic dating. Yeah brie where i went out on probably a dozen first dates because i was like oh my gosh i you know i'm about to be 40 i have to meet someone and it was all it was disastrous and Mm -hmm. i think that is so um that's definitely something that people pick up on that energy and that vibe and so i think when you can kind of just relax and realize that you'll be okay whatever happens Mm -hmm. and if you i mean my my goal when i you know kind of get back into dating again is to just have fun with it and to not view it as this, you know, Oh my gosh, this might be my last shot at happiness, because I feel like I've finally figured out how to be happy on my own Mm. and to let someone else simply, you know, come in and add to that with their own happiness. And I'm not looking for someone to, you know, fill all these voids. And I think that that's the important thing about, you know, more so in your thirties than your twenties. I think when you start to kind of, Um, find that fulfillment in your own life. You're not looking for someone else to come in and do all that for you. You've already found it. So Mm -hmm. then you can just look for someone to add, to yeah. everything that you've already got going on.
0: Yes, I love that. Actually, a friend of mine said this to me recently, uh, which is like, I'm I'm basically looking for the co-CEO of my life. <laughs> and I love oh, that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, right. like someone where you already are like empowered and in charge of your life and fulfilled in so many ways. You're looking for someone else to be a, like a co-person on that journey who also has mm-hmm. done that with themselves where you guys can just like two – are sometimes better than one. And you guys can join forces to be epic co-CEOs together, you
1: know? Yes. And I think it just, it just saves so much time when you, instead of, you know, connecting with someone and, and trying to build a relationship while you're still trying to build your own life. I think if you kind of get to that place with within yourself, you know, exactly. Then you're, well, you're, you're co-CEO, you're welcome, you know, you're free to welcome someone into your life. To not have to, com- you know, the whole you complete me thing. Oh my yeah. God.
0: I would love to I debunk love, that for a second.
1: Love Jerry <laughs> so. Maguire, but that is such just the worst line in movie history because if you are looking for someone to complete you, then you're, I mean, you're honestly, that's way too much weight to put on a relationship. And I think that you really have to find that within yourself and then welcome someone into everything that you've already built for yourself instead of asking them to build it for you.
0: Oh, it's so good. Because if you don't, like I've said this to women, like if you don't like you, how's someone else going to like you? You know, like you have to like you, you have to like spending time with you. You have to like doing things for for you and your in wow. your own life and what i see so often is with that whole like needing someone to complete us or just wanting the husband thing so bad or for men listening like wanting that wife it what happens is we obsess, we end up obsessing why we about why we got rejected or over analyzing text messages and just feeling so defeated or deflated that it becomes about our worth and feeling like we have to perform to get someone to like us versus it being somewhere where we could just be like, hey, I'm meeting an awesome, another like incredible human being. And if they're not for me, that's actually okay. Because right. I don't need everybody to be for me.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah, And that's the thing that I think we forget is that every person we date until the right one is the wrong one. And yeah. it's okay. It doesn't have to be this devastating, life altering thing that you connect with someone and they happen to not be the one because not everyone is meant to be the one you know, yeah. you're you have to it's true, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to <laughs> you know to find that prince. And yeah. and it really is, um, you know, it it doesn't have to be something that it, it says nothing about your worth. It just says that you just happen to not be compatible mm-hmm. with whoever that person is. And exactly. eventually you will find someone who you are compatible with. But when you kind of keep that perspective that, hey, you know, everyone I date until I meet the right one is going to be the wrong one. So, and that doesn't say anything about me. It just says, you know, that this isn't the right relationship for either one of us, me or him. And right. that's okay. You know, not like you said, not everyone is for me. Not everyone is for you. And that's perfectly okay.
0: Yeah. And I think if we can better grasp that and then also encourage our other like guys encouraging other guys and women encouraging other women on that same thing, because I think We have a responsibility because what I see is like so often we encourage it through the culture of how we talk about it behind the scenes. So after a date and maybe you don't know how you like performed on that date, quote unquote, you bring it to your girlfriends, let's say in a girl scenario, and you're telling them of like. And you guys are overanalyzing every detail of the date and you're overanalyzing it because all you care about is, does he like me? Does he like me? Is he going to ask me out again? And yeah. I actually think that's really detrimental. Like I think as a girlfriend in that scenario, we got to be like, hey, why, why don't we like change that to talk about, hey, what did you enjoy on that date? Or what did you learn about yourself or that person? And how can we just walk away with that versus analyzing like, all the other details and trying to like have this crystal ball to see is he going to like me and is he going to ask me out again, you know?
1: You're absolutely right because, and I think, and I've found, you know, I've been guilty of this and I've had girlfriends who've been guilty of this. I I found that we get so caught up in the, does he like me? Does he like me? Was I enough that mm-hmm. we don't even stop to think, wait a minute, did I like him? Right. Because that was kind of, and same, you know, for the gentleman with the, I, I don't know if guys sit around and obsess about, you know, if <laughs> he like me, does she like me? But if they do, you know, I would say, Hey, after this first date, you know, step back and say, wait a minute before I even worry about, does this other person like me? Do I like them? Does this, mm-hmm. is this Feel like a match? just this was there chemistry? Was there a connection? Was there a natural flow of things? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think again, we it, it, that does tend to be the first thing that we our go to after after a first date is to be like, oh my gosh, wonder what he thought of me. Was I cute enough? Was I funny enough? Was I? Th-? But we don't ever stop to pause and be like, wait a minute, do I even like them? And if not, why am I sitting here? I think we would save ourselves so much time if we just stopped and, you know, took that pause and said before I obsess about whether or not they like me, yeah. did I like them? You know, did this yes. feel like a connection? And I think that that is something that gets lost in the, in the shuffle of dating. And it can be so easy to wrap our entire worth up in, you know, the package of, do I hear from him again after the first date? And mm-hmm. I, like i like. Like I said, I went through that last year and I had to finally reach the point where I was like, hey, you know, Hey, this is not working. I am mm-hmm. obviously approaching this from a very unhealthy place and perspective, and I need to lay this down and walk away until I can come back and, you know, go through Have this process of dating without pinning and hanging my every, you know, ounce of self self-worth on how uh, basically a virtual stranger chooses yeah. to respond to me.
0: You know what else we do in this? Because it's so funny, like by actually obsessing so much over it, even just in the beginning stages of dating, we're spending so much emotional time analyzing that if he doesn't reach back out or if he doesn't ask you out on a date or vice versa with the guy with the women, it ends up feeling like that much deeper of a blow because we've spent so much time thinking about that person and analyzing it. You know, we're yeah. like, but we've already wait, ha- spent like five hours between four girlfriends like dissecting it. And like, of course, it's going to make you feel that much worse if he doesn't like you or she doesn't like you because you've overinvested emotional energy on somebody before you even really knew if you even really liked them.
1: Right. <laughs> Yeah, and we for- and I think too we forget in the process that dating it really is supposed to be fun, yeah. you know. And if it's not fun, if it's an experiment and torture, if it's you know constant mental anguish and overanalyzing and overthinking and putting yourself through the ringer whether you know, you're a man or a woman, I think that you have to step away and be like, you know what, I need to recalibrate and kind of shift my thinking and approach this from the perspective of, hey, my life won't end mm-hmm. if I go out with this person and then I never hear from them again. And I think when you can start, um, I mean, I've heard story after story of women who say, you know, when I finally let it, let go of the seriousness and the intensity and the urgency, and I just started having fun with it. That's when I met my person. Yes. Because there's just a lightness that comes just a whole different, you know, aura about you when you treat it lightly. And when you're not taking things so seriously, and when you don't give off that air of you know, urgency and oh my gosh, this person has to fall madly in love with me in five minutes or my life is over. Right. Yeah. Because you know, it, it again. I go back to it. It really is. It it should be bringing you. I mean, not certainly like everything else in life. Not every aspect of dating is fun, but it should be. You know, more fun than torment. You know, yes. and if it's not, <laughs> then it's time to um, you know readjust your way of looking at
0: things. Yeah, I agree. So another thing that's just coming to my mind that I see happen a lot too, is women showing up, wanting to like men and women wanting to show up in dating to find a spouse so badly before they actually have a lot of confidence. And so because of that, what I often see is that Like let's take women, for example, will show up like without thinking in their mind like this guy's already like this guy isn't really going to like me or I'm not really his type or, you know, they come with that air of a lack of confidence. And I think that also is so detrimental because I think that uh, like it comes back to if you don't like you, someone else is going to like you. But like I ultimately even for those people, I'm like, I don't know if you should be going on dates right now. Like I think you need to work on that confidence first because – I think that gives – like that. it's just going to kind of be a downward self-fulfilling prophecy. You're going to show up with a lack of confidence, and then that's going to rub off on the person. They're going to feel that through your energy, and therefore, they're not necessarily going to like that or like you. And therefore, it just contributes back to the mentality that, oh, yeah, I'm undesirable and I'm unlikable, you know?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so and I can tell you an experience that I had. It's actually yeah. a guy who I am still friends with to this day. We dated – Mm -hmm. Um, we met online and I remember we met at Starbucks, you know, for our first like coffee meetup. And I was just in this, I was in a really great, you know, headspace. I was in a really great place in my life. I remember going into that date just completely, just, I was in the best mood. I was confident. My spirits were high. And I remember during our, I mean, we ended up, I think talking for maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. During our conversation, I brought up all the no-nos. At some point, I remember talking about... You know, um, I, I brought up marriage. I brought up the fact that I wanted to have children. I brought up the fact that, <laughs> you know, my eggs were probably drying up. I brought up the fact <laughs> that I have cats. You know, I brought oh up at, at the end of the day. I was like, "Let okay, let me summarize during the, I, oh, I brought up my exes. I literally brought up every single thing that you should not bring up. But you 100%. know what, because I was in such a like fun, lighthearted, you know, confident place. He literally texted me like the minute we left the coffee shop. And it's one of those things, it's such a great example of if you are in the right mindset and if you have that confidence, it doesn't matter what you talk about, it doesn't Mm. matter what you wear, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're having a bad hair day, if you have the right attitude, that is going to translate and that is going to, you know, be attractive. And Mm. me and the guy ended up dating and this was two years ago. And, you know, to this day we're still friends. So yeah. it's like, it's just a great, it's a great example of confidence goes a long way. It a little so bit does. of confidence goes a long, long, long and people way. People
0: can pick up on that. And I think it was in your book, The Single Woman. I think you kind of wrote about like, can we stop talking about what's wrong with them and instead say what's right with them, with the person we're going right. out with and with even I think ourselves, like stop saying yeah. what's wrong with me or what if I did this differently and start saying like you know what? What is great about me? me <laughs> show right. up with that. And, Absolutely. And even vice versa with the person we date because one of my biggest pet peeves is just hearing – people talk like so negatively about the people they go out with. And I'm like, of course, you don't have to go out with them again. But let's just not like, treat it as like, oh my gosh, it was such a waste of my time. This person was XYZ, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I just don't that just makes us hate and loathe the dating process that much more. It's like,
1: everyone sucks. Yeah, let's face it. Like modern dating can feel like the Hunger Games. It can feel like (laughs) a dumpster fire. It can feel like the worst thing on the face of the earth. However, if you constantly sit around and bemoan you know how miserable it is and how you're never going to meet someone, again, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think there's something very powerful about it can be so, I, again, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but <laughs> just main, trying to maintain that positive attitude and that perspective on things, just knowing that it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, you go out with someone and he doesn't fall madly in love with you in the first five minutes. It, that doesn't mean you're going to be single forever. Mm-hmm. It just means that you didn't happen to connect with that particular person. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, so I think just trying to to really, as much as you can, hang on to the to the positive perspective and not focus on all the negatives. Because, I mean, again, there's a lot of negatives about modern dating. There, yeah. there just are. but. <laughs> caught up in that and that's the only thing you focus on that's the that's what you're going to start you know repeating in your life over and over and over then every dating situation
0: you have that doesn't go perfectly well is gonna be like well yeah because dating sucks you know and it's like no let's just accept the fact that there are like kinks in the system. There's some things that just aren't great. And hey, you know what, be proud that you put yourself out there and went on a date. If it's not, if it's not a person that's for you, or if they, they were kind of rude to you, it's like, all right, well, hey, I got to get dressed up. I got to go to a cool restaurant, whatever it is. Like, I'm like, let's look for the positive and say, yeah, okay, that's, that is, but I'm not going to feed into the narrative that like all dating sucks all the time.
1: (laughs) Right. And I mean, you also got to practice, you know, I feel like it's kind of like, warming Mm -hmm. up for when you meet someone who you do really connect with and you do really like, you get to kind of, you know, like you said, work out the kinks and every single, just if you can look at it as every single, you know, date you go on terrible or not terrible is one step closer to finding the person that's meant for you. Then I think it can kind of help you keep a little bit more of a, a positive perspective on it and not view it as the end of the world if a guy ghosts you or a guy, you know, doesn't follow up after the first date. Cause
0: mm.
1: there's always a reason. If they didn't follow up after the first date, they are not for you. And that's okay. You don't want someone who's not for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And in that, like what I always try to encourage people to is like Most of the time, the reason why they're not reaching out or they're saying no to you, a lot of times it actually has to do with them. And we try to make it about us. Like I wasn't this enough on the date or I said this and it was too awkward and uncomfortable. I'm like, what if like... What you don't know is that behind the scenes, their ex reached out and they're kind of thrown for a loop and they're like emotionally trying to deal with that. And they just don't have the capacity to even follow up with you, which of course is kind of rude. But like, what if that's the real case? You know, we don't know the whole story.
1: (laughs) Well, and the truth is, in modern dating, I mean, you have at any given time, you can be chatting with, you know, dozens of people in your phone and you don't know that this person who you went on this date with hasn't progressed further with someone else who he went out with before you. And, you know, I mean, again, it, it rarely has to do with, well, actually it never has to do with you not being enough of something. Yeah, It has to do with, you know, there's a lot of factors at play chemistry and connection and timing and what else they have going on in their life. And it doesn't say anything about you personally Mm -hmm. because they don't, follow through with you or because that doesn't, you know, one date doesn't turn into two dates. Mm. It just says that it's not the right fit. It's not the right timing. It's not the right connection. It's, you know, he had, like you said, he has, I I think more often than not, that whole X factor is a huge, (laughs) it's a huge thing. The X, the minute they sense that they're, you know, this is true for males and females, the minute they sense that their, you know, ex is moving on, they tend to pop back up in the picture. So <laughs> there's so many factors at work in dating that to take it personally and to view it as, you know, you're just not, you know, fill in the blank enough, that's just that's not accurate at mm, all. So true. So, girl, what is it like looked
0: like for you in terms of I guess embodying that self love and self confidence like because I I just think that one of the biggest issues I see over and over is just people wanting to give up because they don't have that confidence. They don't have that self-love. And I'm like, gosh, we need to get that right. So how has that like kind of been played out for you and your journey? And what has maybe like helped you along in gaining more confidence and love for yourself?
1: Well, I think one, I mean, obviously it does come with age. Mm-hmm. I think there's that there, you get you do kind of go through a big transition when you hit 30. And then again, when you hit 40, it's kind of like you start to come into your own at, at these life defining ages. I think, you know, making a lot of mistakes has mm-hmm. been key for me and realizing that, Hey, you know, I've been through a lot and I've made a lot of wrong turns and I've ended up with wrong people but I'm still here and I'm mm-hmm. still pretty awesome. And um, yeah, just realizing that, you know, your true strength and the fact that you, I think that there's something so courageous about people who are s- still single in their thirties and forties and beyond, because mm. we're not like our married counterparts. For me here in the South, yeah, most of my high school, you know, girlfriends have been married since right out of college, if not before. They never had to face, you know, life on their own. They always had this partner. They always had this protector. They always had this teammate. So I think to just kind of set back and realize how freaking amazing and Mm. strong you are, the fact that you, um, you know, have have been able to kind of do this life thing alone. I mean, there's such a sense of accomplishment Mm. um, when you really set back and, and give yourself credit for being independent and having to figure out, you know, buying a house or buying a car, you know, doing all these things on your own that most people or the majority of people your age have someone there, you know, helping them with. And of course, finally, (laughs) I mean, I'm a big believer in therapy and um, (laughs) I think everyone should be in therapy. I think that I agree. there's so much that I've been able to learn about myself through the process and I have an amazing therapist and Mm -hmm. just learning how to confront my own stuff and my own issues. That's been a huge confidence booster. The fact that therapy has really forced me to confront a lot of, you know, my anxiety and my, all my control issues and all these other things about myself. It really builds confidence when you, get in a, in a setting where you're forced to confront the things about yourself that, you know, need improvement and need work. And when you're willing to kind of get in there and do the hard work, I think it's, it really is such a confidence booster. So I think I've finally reached, you know, it's taken me 40 years and a lot Mm -hmm. of mistakes and a lot of, you know, getting just completely beat up and knocked around by the dating world. But I finally reached the place where I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm pretty awesome and I'm not, I've been alone this long and I've been fine and I'm not going to settle for someone who doesn't, you know, understand how awesome I am yeah. and treat me like I deserve to be treated. Yeah. And if I do have to settle, quite frankly, I'd rather be alone because being alone hasn't been so bad. So. Yeah. I yeah.
0: love that. I love that you bringing up therapy too. Cause I think Any sort of self awareness, like that, however much we can do, especially in singleness, is like it's huge for us. When people get married at 20, 22, it's whatever, like they do in the South, like you miss that ability to be independent and have to learn things on your own. You kind of are forced into like a situation, you have a partner and all this stuff, but you don't really have to learn how to be independent. You also kind of skip a lot of the, let me go back and see what happened in my life, (laughs) you know, especially from family of origins where so much occurs in our lives. And yeah. yeah, I think in singleness, it's been one of the biggest things that's impacted me is like going to therapy and getting mentorship and seeking out painful healing, painful, but beautiful healing. Cause it's not easy to go right. back to those things and yeah. face some of your tendencies. Even <laughs> you're like, Oh, Oh, so that's why I dated all those guys. Cause I needed affirmation because I wasn't getting that as a child. Oh, okay. You know, and like having oh. to kind of face these things, but say, okay, so that's my tendency. Now I can fill that void with a deeper love for myself, a deeper love. Like God's love can fill that void and now I can address it and don't have to make those same mistakes again necessarily. Oh, it's so, yeah, I
1: mean, so my, my therapist said a sentence to me once that was probably more like of a light bulb moment than anything I had heard from any self-help book I had ever read or mm-hmm. any, anything she said, Um, You are the sun in your solar system. You do not rotate around other people. They rotate around you. And it was like, wait a minute. That's like the most Mm. amazing. I I can't even, I mean, it was just like explosions went off in my brain. And I mean, Mm. just hearing things like that, when you really grasp that and you have, you know, a licensed professional um, (laughs) speaking things like that over you and helping you put things in perspective and realize, you know, hey, I have been spending most of my life reacting to how other people are treating me and how other people are behaving as opposed to acting on behalf of myself. Mm. Um, I mean, that was huge for me, just kind of grasping that realization. So I think uh, really all of those components for me are what has kind of helped me. And, you know, I haven't always been the most confident person. Mm -hmm. I've had to go through, you know, lots of seasons in my life where, I made a lot of bad choices um I, in my dating life mm-hmm. because I because of a lack of confidence and I stayed in relationships that were not healthy because yeah. I felt like that's what I deserved but I think that you know every single moment of, of even those times have taught me you know what I my true worth that it really does come from within and from mm-hmm. above and it doesn't come from anyone anything exterior anything outside of me there is no human being on this earth that can add or take away to my self-worth
0: now i just want to take a quick break in our episode to share with you our amazing sponsor for today i sincerely and truly believe in the power of prayer And when it comes to dating, friends, we can be intentional. We can be big and we can be bold with our prayers. God wants us to love him, spend time with him and ask him boldly for the things on our heart. He just wants to be our best friend after all. So something personally that's helped me deepen my prayer life and make it consistent has been using the amazing Pray.com app, which happens to be the number one prayer app in the world. Using Pray.com, I've learned tactics for how to pray deeper. There are even themed prayers like meditative prayers and morning gratitude prayers and even releasing anger prayers, which let's be real. After some dating situations, we kind of need that, right? <laughs> you guys, you can even join community prayers and submit prayer requests, which I love. I also really love Pray.com because you can hear audio stories from the Bible, which makes listening to these stories really easy to digest and understand. My favorite thing is the bedtime stories. I listen to them before bed and they help me to wind down right as I'm falling asleep. Guys, get this. There are even inspirational audio content lessons from other amazing Christian leaders. It's amazing. So today, if you want to deepen your prayer life and have an interactive experience with the Bible, I want to encourage you to download the Pray.com app. All right, there is one more thing I want to share with you guys today that you're going to love. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence. One of my favorite ways that Denison Ministries is helping Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. Verse 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. Now, we always talk about how singleness and dating is the perfect season to grow closer to God, right? I mean, it really is. We can't waste this time. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. We really do. The additional time that we have now needs to be spent growing closer to God as much as we possibly can. So if you hear me saying that right now and you're like, yeah, Kate, that's great and all, but I am busy, friend. Well, I hear you. I am also busy at doing awesome things as I'm sure you're doing too. But here's a deal. Can you not at least spend 15 minutes a day studying and being with God? I mean, that is at least a priority we should be making in our life right now. So friend, I want to encourage you to sign up for the First 15 email devotional that can be sent directly to your inbox at first15.org forward slash subscribe. Or you can even start your day off with the First 15 devotional podcast and listen to that anywhere that's convenient for you join me in doing this simple but really, really impactful discipline so we can together really begin pressing into knowing God in a bigger and better way in our singleness. In this process too, you know, especially for For anybody, but as you get older and people are, everyone else you see is getting married, right? The Mm -hmm. biggest thing I think that's really, really tough for people to conquer is just comparison, like comparing my Mm -hmm. life to theirs, Um, especially if you end up, you know, becoming, like you just said, all of your friends, most of them are married and have kids. So um, a lot of their listeners definitely are experiencing that. They're like, well, gosh, like we have a lot of a big population of listeners in the South, and I don't experience this quite as much living in. LA or New York, not quite the same because just people here statistically get married a bit later. But even still, for so many other people, like that comparison factor of like, hey, I feel real left out now. And now everyone else has like their own little pockets of life. And then it's just me. What has battling comparison, I guess, looked like for you?
1: Okay. So what I would say to anyone dealing with this, and it's such a huge thing, especially with social media, because you're constantly you know besieged by images of everyone's so-called perfect lives what has been really eye opening for me i was just having lunch with one of my married friends a couple of weeks ago she's married with two adorable little children she actually got married in her late 30s so she's not someone you know she knows what it's like to be on both ends of the spectrum to wow. be single you know past the age that most people are and then to also be married with children and she's like mandy just know that Pete that us married people are looking at your life with the same, you know, occasional pangs of envy that you're looking at our life. She's like, it's not always, you know, roses and sunshine and lollipops. The grass is not always greener. It's hard over here. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, set down with your married friends. Well, at least the ones who, you know, are going to be authentic and real with you and you will get a very clear snapshot into their lives that it's not all, you know, perfect and wonderful and and nonstop Hallmark moments, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard work and it's sacrifice and it's, you know, there's lots of stuff that goes on on that side of the fence that we don't have to deal with on mm. our side of the fence. So I think That's what's been the most eye-opening thing I think for me because I've certainly gone through, and you know I'll still have moments when I get online and I'm like, oh, like first day of school, everybody's (laughs) posting all their cute pictures, and then Valentine's Day they're proclaiming their love to their you know significant (laughs) other. But what we don't see is that morning, you know, they were screaming and yelling with their significant other, or when they were trying to get their kid ready for picture day, their kid was pitching a fit, and you know, so there's so many things that go on that just like with dating, you know, there's so many things at work and so many things going on behind the scenes that we can't see. We see other people's bright, shining moments. We don't see their fights and their, you know, struggles and their all these other things that are going on. So Mm -hmm. I would just remember, again, to fall back on an old cliche, uh, the grass is not always greener. And there are a lot of people, I guarantee you, Gazing over at your yard, thinking, Wow, (laughs) she has all the freedom she wants, she can go out and you know spend all the money at Sephora that she (laughs) wants, she can travel with her girlfriend, she can you know do whatever she wants to do, and she's not tied down and she doesn't have these responsibilities. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's it's not just comparison on our side, there's comparison on on the married side as well
0: mm, that's true yeah I do get that from a lot of my married friends are like I live vicariously through your dating life you know I'm yeah. like yeah it's true they're like I love my husband I love my kids I love my life but girl I just would love to go out of the town with the girls more often and just flirt with the guy you know yeah, <laughs> exactly they're like I miss really? that you know and I'm like oh thank you you know and yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so, so true. But I think that it's harder for people to grasp that if they don't separate. And I'm like, hey, if social media is killing you, like, then get off it for a while. Like, if that is really hurting your self worth, if you feel rejected through going on social media, then just eliminate. We got to have boundaries with the things we know cause us insecurity. Like for me, if I struggle with, and I have in the past like body dysmorphia issues, you know, or like just body issues, then the worst thing I can do is step on the scale every day to make sure I'm measuring my weight. Like that is the absolute worst thing I can do because also our weights fluctuate like all the time, especially as women. I'm like, hey, in my period week, I can go like four pounds heavier. (laughs) Like it's just how it is. So it's not healthy for me to do that. So I'm like, we got to have boundaries with the things that are making us insecure. So for me, even in the truth case of like the body stuff, like I just don't go on the scale. It's like very rarely that I will. And I only will if I do. It's like beforehand that I'm like, okay, do I love my body today and I'm grateful no matter what the number is on the scale, if I can honestly answer that yes, then I'm like, okay, I'll go on it. But if I if I feel a tinge of no, then I'm like, why put myself in that situation <laughs> to yes. risk those thoughts?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And unfortunately, given the nature of my career path, I don't have the luxury of getting off social media, yeah. although <laughs> I, I feel have I did so at times to just chuck my phone out the window. But I think if you can, if you can take, even if you take little breaks here and there, maybe you take a social media free weekend or a week Mm -hmm. or whatever, I think you'll find that even just the opportunity to kind of re-engage in your life that's actually happening right in front of you instead of the one that's happening in your phone, I think that that's going to get you out of that negative headspace. I definitely think that too much social media is not a good thing. And Mm -hmm. whether you lay it down for good, or just lay it down for a few days or a few weeks, or whatever it may be, I think it's definitely a good idea, not just for the comparison factor, but just, I mean, and that's certainly a huge factor. But just for the, for the simple idea of like, just reengaging in your live life, you know, happening right in front of your face, instead of kind of the instant so gratification of the getting obsessed with the likes and the, you know, the friends and all these things Thanks. that you have going on online. I think that there can definitely be social media overload. And I think that you have to step back from it and just, from time to time and just set your phone down and just go out in the sunshine and go out with yeah. your girlfriends and, you know, don't even look at your phone once and just focus on what they're saying and having fun and and catching up and, you know, look at the beautiful world going on all around you instead of constantly focusing on oh, the one inside good. your phone. And I think the more you step away from it, the more you'll realize you don't even really, you know, need it and you can use it. It can be a fun thing that again that's added to your life and not something that's defining your life. Yeah, that's good. Such
0: a side note, but this came up as you were talking for me in my head. Like even when you're out with your girlfriends or your guy friends, another thing I always am like gosh, what we have to get used to and embrace more is like, if a guy like that you like texts you while you're out with everybody, you don't have to drop everything just to get on your phone and respond to him. And I think right. too many people do that. They're like, "Oh, he texted. Oh my gosh, I got to respond. You know? I'm like, no girl, you are out with me right now and we're out together having a fun time. Let's be present in this moment. If you didn't have your phone, you wouldn't even know that he was texting you. So exactly. because you're here being present. So don't feel like you have to And I just not even don't feel like you have to don't drop everything to uh, respond to somebody, especially when you're not like in a committed relationship and you're just like dating, you know? Um,
1: Exactly.
0: Oh, man, we have to have that presence, like presence in the present, basically. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: And I mean, the thing is, by not responding right away, the only thing you're going to do, whether you're a guy or a girl, is pique the other person's interest um, because that's how we are as humans. You know, we don't. We don't, I mean, in dating, there's that fine line, you know, we don't want somebody who disappears for days on end, but we don't want someone who's responding before we even send the text, you know, (laughs) I mean, you have to kind of walk that fine line. And I think, uh, you know, I always say, instead of pretending to have a life, like actually go out there and have a life and then (laughs) let the, you know, when you can get around to it, yeah, then respond and, and, but don't make it where your phone is, you know, so attached to your hand that you're responding within the first five seconds that they sent the text. I think focus on your life Mm -hmm. and what you have going on right in front of you. And then at the appropriate time, I mean, certainly, yeah, then, then respond. But like you said, you don't have to set on edge and be on eggshells constantly waiting for (laughs) that's what I find that. I mean, honestly, I think I don't, I, I can't speak for the male perspective, but I know a lot of women, Mm-hmm. How, you know, we're guilty of you know he'll leave us on red for you know two hours, and then the minute he texts, we're responding within five seconds. And it's like, no girl, like you, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be at his beck and call. That's not mm-hmm. the way to start a relationship, and that's certainly not the way to build a foundation of mutual respect. If he constantly feels like, you know, the second he Beckons, you're rushing right there. So, oh man, exactly. If you're at a movie, focus on the movie. If you're at dinner, focus on laughing and having fun. You know, whatever you're doing, let that be where your focus is. And Mm -hmm. then, There's always time to respond when you have a free moment or when you get home or whatever.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we talked about like kind of a break from social media. And I know that we kind of talked about this before. And I know you've been saying this on social media, but like taking a dating break. Okay, let's talk about like, what is the reason for taking a dating break? And why should we maybe consider doing one if we haven't in the past?
1: (laughs) Yes, I actually had a girl comment earlier on something I posted on Facebook. And she's like, Mandy girl, I don't know what is going on with you, but you have been on fire lately and you are dropping the truth bombs. And I'm like, it's amazing the perspective that a dating (laughs) hiatus will bring you. And it's only been like three months for me since I've, my last, and I say relationship, it wasn't really a relationship. It was sort of a dating situation. It lasted about months. Um, But I just realized that I was, I was kind of in a place where, When I turned 40 in November, I was just like feeling super confident about, you know, where I was at in my life and how far I'd come. And I kind of had this, I I haven't been online doing any online dating in in almost a year, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just meeting people organically. But I found that I wasn't really making the best decisions. Mm -hmm. I was sort of just, if I would meet someone I would sort of just be like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is someone who's in front of me, and he's interested, and this seems like fun." So I would just kind of jump in with both feet. It wasn't like I was exercising any level of discernment. Was going to say, okay, yeah. I, Does this person meet, you know, my criteria? Does this yeah. per—is—is is this person, you know, a good fit for my life? Is this person even reasonably sane? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though. But no, like the last guy I dated in particular was, you know, significantly younger than me. I, I can't lie and say that that was not an ego boost because it was, but <laughs> he yeah. just wasn't. I mean, in terms of our lives, where we were at, we could not have been. In more different places. I mean, he was fun and he was my dance instructor, which is never a good idea. But so, you know, it felt like a very, like, oh, we're baby and Johnny, you know. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, dirty
0: dancing fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) It
1: was very much like, oh, this is fun and he's sweet and he's kind of like an energetic puppy and. (laughs) But, it just, but the entire time we were dating, I would look at him and be like, there is no way this person is my person. What am I even doing? <laughs> and so when I got out of that relationship, I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? I mean, I'm at the age now, I'm 40. I don't have, I mean, again, you don't have to play beat the clock, but I also don't want to waste a lot of time on men who I know from the moment I meet them. Are not someone who I would be compatible with for the duration. You know, yeah. I just don't at this point in my life, there's, there's no point in, you know, wasting time. So yeah. I felt like I needed to take a couple of steps back, um, kind of just have a, hit the reset button, kind of figure out, okay, what exactly am I looking for? And, I can't just, okay, the minute someone walks into my life just because they smile at me and are cute and seem interested, that doesn't mean that I need to jump into a relationship with them. So Mm -hmm. I really need to kind of realign my standards, figure out uh, what it is that I want, and then stop settling for anything that falls out of that. And when I say my criteria, I don't mean like he has to, you know, have brown hair and blue eye I don't yeah, mean yeah. that I just mean we need to be on the same wavelength we yeah. need to have you know similar goals and dreams and plans and values yeah. and that's just not what I've been um kind of shooting for in my dating life I've kind of just been like oh well this seems like a fun thing to get caught up in la Dog. da okay let me waste a month here and a month there and before you know it I'll look up and you know five years have gone by me wasting time on guys who I know are not my person right. so for me I really it's not this you know long extended break I, I don't yet feel like I'm ready to plunge back in I'm, yeah. I'm open I mean if someone wanders across my path in the meantime someone who is someone I could see a future with. I'm certainly open to that, but I'm not actively seeking um, dating at this point. And I feel really, really peaceful about it. And I think when you find yourself, first of all, if you find yourself becoming a serial dater, that's never good because Mm. you'll look up and you'll realize that you're not, the person that you're with was not a choice. Mm. They were just a way to avoid being alone. And I think that it can be so easy, especially in these modern dating times when a new relationship is just a swipe away to get caught up in that mindset of, oh, my gosh, I have to be with someone. I don't even care who. I just need a warm body. So I'm not alone.
0: Yeah. And
1: I don't want that for myself. Yeah. I want the, the person who I choose to be with, um, whether it lasts forever or, or whether it's just another person on the way to my forever person. I want it to be someone I'm actively choosing. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be a relationship I just stumbled into. I don't want it to be a relationship of convenience. I don't want it to be a way to avoid loneliness or a Band-Aid or any of those things. I want it to be an active choice. And so I think wherever you're at, if you're still healing from a a past breakup, and I don't mean if you still still have feelings for the person, you know, if it that's normal. We all have that. But if you're freshly wounded, if you are yeah. just out of a a relationship, now is not the time for you. It's time to focus on you and healing mm-hmm. and getting back to, you know, to the best possible version of yourself that you can be because if you're running out there immediately rushing into another relationship, the next person is going to be nothing more than a band-aid for what the last person did. That's yeah. not fair to you, that's not fair to them. And I've dated men like that because men are just as guilty of this as women, if not more so not Mm -hmm. wanting to be alone. So they just, you know, bring someone into their lives under the making that person think that, hey, you know, you actually have a shot at a relationship here when really they just are looking for a stopgap. They are just looking for
0: emotional love tank filling. Yeah,
1: yeah, an emotional support pet basically is what they need to invest <laughs> in instead of you know leading people into their situation thinking that it's actually going to turn into a relationship. So I think there's several reasons for taking a dating break, mm-hmm. whether it be that you're still healing from a, a recent breakup, whether it be that you are not like you mentioned earlier, if you're not at your most confident, yes, if there's something I was just gonna say that's a good need to get back whatever that looks like for you, whether it's you know getting in therapy or reading some great self help books or affirmations, or, you know, whatever your process looks like for getting back to a confident place, I think, Um, or if you're just like me, and you have found that you're just sort of settling for what's convenient, because it's right in front of you, and it's easy, and it's fun, and it's this, that and the other, instead of actively choosing the people who you're, you know, spending your time with there's lots of really good reasons for a dating break. I think it can be very restorative. I think it can be very, you know, transformational. It can help you kind of take a step back because when you're in the midst of it, you can't see things as clearly as when you kind of like when you get, when you can give your girlfriend great advice because you're not the one caught up in the middle of it. Exactly. When you take a step back from your own dating life, all of a sudden you can start seeing things and you reach these realizations and you just start to see things a lot more clearly. And so for me, my ultimate goal is just to get back to a place of, Hey, here's what I'm looking for. I'm going to be very intentional when I get back into dating, but I'm going to treat it, you know, not so seriously and not so obviously it should still be fun. I think the distinction here is with my situation. I'm not saying that it was a bad thing because I dated someone just because it was fun. That's not a bad thing. But if you find yourself in a pattern of that,
0: and
1: that's not what you want in the long term, if your ultimate goal is marriage and you just keep settling for fun relationship after fun relationship, you're you're selling yourself short
0: totally
1: you have to just really figure out what it is that you're looking for and if what it is you're looking for is just fun lighthearted, and that's all you want out of dating then by all means you know carry on yeah and I think we also are like
0: okay if we're always just dating for fun like not like always dating 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 just because we want to be in fun relationships it's like okay how about what about the other person too like thinking about the other person because if we know, like, after two months, like we just don't see this going anywhere, I'm like, well, and the other person doesn't know that. <laughs> like, I, right. it's not that fair, you know. Women do this, guys do this, and I'm like, hey, let's be real with ourselves. Is it just in? Con- is it so convenient that you're just staying in it because it's fun and convenient, or <laughs> do you need to maybe cut this off because it's really not for you?
1: Right, because yeah. it can turn into a situation where you are essentially misleading another person, yeah. or you're using another person. Like I, there was a guy I dated a couple of years ago who I met online and his, by his online profile, you would have thought he was ready to get married. Like, you know, tomorrow he said all this stuff, about I'm looking for the Ross to my Rachel and the, <laughs> the, the gym, oh, my, my pain or no, the Pam to my gym. And, you know, all this and so you're thinking, Oh, he's looking for a soulmate. And this guy could not have been less, Committed. I mean, he was not in any way, shape, or form ready to commit. He's not looking for those any any of those things. He's looking for fun. He's looking for good times. He's looking to not be alone. I'm like, that is false advertising. <laughs> so, I think we need to be more intentional with our online dating profiles, and that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah. but I think you just have to let people know what it is that you're looking for, because this guy who wasn't really looking for the Ross to his Rachel. He could have been honest, and he would have found women who were looking for the same thing that he was looking for. Instead of dragging, you know, women into the scenario who were really thinking that he was going to commit, yeah. only to realize that that's not at all what he was looking for. And I'm not trying to be one-sided. I'm sure men fall into the same situations. Yeah, but I think we just have to be really, really honest with people because whatever it is you're looking for, there's someone out there. Who is looking for the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, but just if it's not a relationship, don't present yourself as looking for a relationship yeah. because you're, you're go- only going to end up hurting someone else, whether or not you get hurt or not, you're going to end up hurting someone else who came into the situation thinking that you were looking for something that you weren't looking for
0: mm, that's so good yeah we have to get clear with why we are dating i'm always like right. okay let's come back to when i'm coaching women or guys when i want one i'm like So here's what you want in dating. Okay, so why do you want that? Like, why? Where are you at? Because I'm like, you don't have to be, want a relationship right now. You don't have to. So if you're saying you want a relationship, but then you're telling me, but like, actually, I don't really know if I want to get married. Then I'm like, well, maybe you don't actually want a relationship right now. So let's go into like, why you want what you want right now. And, um, and just get clear on what your actual goal is in this moment. If you like, are like, I'm ready to date and be serious, then okay, then date and be serious, but then when you see very clearly early on, it's not a compatible match. Cut that off, <laughs>
1: you know. Um, yeah. and-, and if you're looking to just not be alone, get a dog, you yeah, know, like <laughs> it's so good. get a hamster. Get you know, there are other options besides <laughs> um, bringing people into kind of your, your world. Yeah. Uh, Loneliness that is just going to end up eclipsing, you know, this other person and causing them a lot of heartache, um, whether it's immediate or on down the road. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's so good. I love it. Mandy, gosh, this is so fun. I feel like we could talk for hours on this subject. Yeah. It was like, us girlfriends just going at it. We're like, and hey, we can talk. I mean, like, yeah. seriously. But girl, okay, so to wrap up our time, and this has been so fun and encouraging, can you just give us your just final nugget of dating advice? I ask this question every time to everyone.
1: <laughs> hmm, oh, gosh. Final nugget of dating advice. I think I've been talking a lot online about this. And mm-hmm. I think here's the thing. If, and I'm going to speak, and I, I think, again, I, I can only speak from the from the woman's perspective. I think this is true for, for men too, though. Um, if someone wants to be with you, it's going to be really clear. I think that in this, in this day and age, we're tempted to play detective and play, you know, it's like an episode of Scooby-Doo where we're looking for clues about whether or not they or into us, if you're having to look for clues, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. I think that ultimately it comes down to someone who is is interested in you, wants to be with you, wants to be in a relationship with you, wants to pursue you, wants to, you know, be with you. They're going to be with you. It really is as simple as that. Yeah. I posted, hang on, I have to find this quote because it was so good. It's not my quote, but um let me find it
0: everything okay. you're saying is so spot on though I'll just comment on that because like we we get lost in that downward spiral it's like if that person likes you I think women specifically are like oh my gosh like what can I do to make him liking like me or does he like me I'm like right. trust me most guys that I talk to from the woman's side like most guys are like okay, do you, like, do you, will you show a woman that you like her? And they're like, yeah, if I like her, I'm going for it most of the time. So if he likes you, he's he's going to go for it.
1: Okay. So I found the quote. It says the best piece of dating advice I've ever received is this. If they like you, you'll know. If they don't, you'll be confused. Honestly, it's all you need to know. Oh, and that's so true. I think Really, I mean, that book, I think that's 20 years old now, but he's just not that into you. I used to argue, and I'm actually friends with the author of that book now, and he's amazing, him and his wife. And, but they, and I've asked him, like, is it still true? And he's like, honestly, it's still true. Like it, it, there really is not a lot of gray area in this. It's really true. Like if, if the person is interested in you, they're not going to ghost you. They're not going to Blow you off. They're not going to go five or six days without talking to you. They're not going to only text you at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know, it's going to be really, really clear. So I think if you found yourself, you know, looking for clues or stalking them online or playing, you know, detective or, you know, driving yourself crazy, it's really time to move on because Mm. it shouldn't be that hard. Ultimately, Mm. at the end of the day, it should flow. It should be natural. It should be easy. It should be obvious. Yeah. And if it's not obvious, then it's probably not something that's going to be, you know, it's probably not going to turn into anything. Now, that's not to say that they have to fall in love with you in the first five minutes. I mean, certainly relationships take time to build, but I've known, I mean, with the guys who I've dated, it's been pretty obvious pretty quickly that they were interested in, that they wanted to pursue Mm. me. They wanted to spend time with me. They wanted to text me. They wanted to call me. They wanted to talk to me. They wanted to be in my presence. And if all of those things aren't happening and you're just holding on to scraps or little breadcrumbs that he throws out or she throws out every once every week or two weeks, you know, it's time to move on because there is someone who will be excited about you. Yeah. There is someone who will want to spend time with you. And the longer you waste on the person who, is kind of playing these games, the the longer you're delaying, you know, meeting someone who is really going to check all these boxes and who is really going to be very clear and intentional about his or her feelings.
0: Mm, It's so good. Like you want the kind of guy or the kind of girl that's going to walk into a room of models and be like, nope, that one, like that their heart is ignited to choose you. And that's what I try to encourage people. Like it will be an ignition of it's something inside of you. That's like, I want to pursue that. I want to pursue yeah. that and I'm going to pursue that or, you know, in both directions. And so I'm like, just like, if it's not, if that's not happening, every time a guy's like, I go on some good dates, I dated someone earlier this year and it was great for about a month. And then he, it just wasn't ignited for him. Something shifted and I'm like, okay, you know what? We had a great month together and I had great memories. He's wonderful. But I'm not going to take that and say, "Oh well, but we had all these compatibilities, and that doesn't make sense." And he's, he's silly for X, Y, Z reasons. I'm just going to say, you know what? I just his heart wasn't ignited for me, and that's actually yeah. okay.
1: <laughs> that's okay. That is, and I think we're so I think I don't know that men are as, as intense about this, but I think as women in particular, we always want answers and we always want closure. We always want understanding, and sometimes you can really just let it be as simple as he was not your person. He was not yeah. feeling what you were feeling. And that, again, it doesn't say anything about you. It just says that for whatever reason, the chemistry, the connection, the timing, whatever, it just wasn't there. And that's mm. okay. You And you don't necessarily need, I mean, you definitely, you know, are not going to always get closure. One of the best things my therapist ever told me was you have to create your own closure. Mm. Like you get to decide. Yep. And when the relationship ends, regardless of whether they ghosted you or disappeared or whatever, it's you, it's up to you to come to terms with it and to say, you know what, regardless of what his text said a week ago, or regardless of whether I was his woman crush Wednesday for a month in a a row, or regardless of, you know, how many times he kissed me on my forehead and called me princess. Like (laughs) if he has fallen off the face of the earth and I'm not hearing from him and I'm not getting anything from him and he's not being responsive, he's not being engaged, then it's time to move on. And it really doesn't matter. There's no answer that you could seek that's going to be satisfying because it's going to hurt and you can let it hurt and it's okay to let it hurt, but let it hurt and then let it go.
0: Mm, Because...
1: You know, that wasn't your person and that's okay because your person is still out there. Yeah. And um, you know, yeah, you'll be agree. okay either way.
0: Yeah. I could not agree with that more, girl. Oh man. We we're meant to be friends. I'm telling you, all the things you're saying, I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah, we gotta, we're gonna hang out in real life.
1: We gotta do yes, that. for sure.
0: All right, girl. Well, I just appreciate you so much. If people wanna connect with you, um, find out, get your books, we'll put it all in the show notes, but how do they do that?
1: Yes. Um, you can find me online at mandyhale.com mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, really anywhere on any social media at The Single Woman. So good.
0: Awesome. And every and they can get ev- your books are on your site on Amazon, okay. right? So everything.
1: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, anywhere books are sold. Amazing.
0: All right, girl. Well, thank you so much today for this awesome combo. You're the best. Thank you. It's been awesome. All right, y'all, for real, how amazing is Mandy Hale? Guys, I can't recommend to you enough that you should go ahead and pick up one of her incredible books. You can find them all on Amazon, or you could also go on her website, mandyhale.com, and find all the details. Also guys, go follow her on Instagram, at the single woman. is always posting so much truth and wisdom on there with all of her quotes, and I frequently repost them myself. Friends, I also wanna take a moment to just say, gosh, I am so grateful you guys are here on this journey. I love that you take time to listen to this podcast. It is a gift to have you a part of this family. Now, if you enjoy it, and if you just like these conversations and guests and all the things, will you share it with some of your friends and tell as many people as you can? Maybe you can even start a group text thread and meet up or something to talk about some of the various discussions from the podcast. We'd love to get even more people into this community so we can have healthier dating across the world. That is our prayer, so please join us in that prayer and help us by just spreading the news.
1: This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.